0: Well, this is pretty unbelievable. We're on podcast number eight. Eight. Didn't think I'd get to this number. Do apologize. We've had a bit of a delay. Uh, We've been out of town for about a month teaching, running around, doing different things. And part of that's going to be today's podcast. We're going to be chatting about A plus A, some of the stuff we saw over in Europe at the A plus A conference. And we'll be talking a little bit about principles and how to move forward with some of the teaching in and around Ronin Rescue. So, we're not gonna do any music today, we're not gonna kick it up like that like we used to. We're just gonna run straight into the podcast and have a quick chat about what we're looking for here. So, first of all, A plus A, great event. If you get a chance to go over to Germany to take a look at this event, do it. It's run every two years. It's in Düsseldorf, great town. If you're going there, check out the killer pitch down in the Altstadt or the Old Town. But what an event. Basically, every major rescue manufacturer in the world is at this thing. Basically, they are releasing any new products that come out onto the market at this. So, we're not endorsing any products here. We're just telling you what's coming out, what you can start looking forward to seeing. As usual, Petzl, big booth there, big presence. Obviously, a European company out of France. And they had a ton of new stuff coming out for A+.A+. I'll start off with the rig. The Petzl rig is being redesigned. The cam is a little bit larger. It's almost square looking. And the upper plate, the swing plate, now seems to, it's not quite two parts, but it kind of looks like it has two parts. It has a stainless steel lip on it. That little rounded edge where the rope runs over, that's now stainless steel. So, Not only do you have this larger cam that's almost square, you've got this stainless steel little edge on it in order to reduce damage, to reduce wear, all that sort of jazz. This has now allowed the maximum load to also increase for rescue to 200 kg on this device. So, it is a stronger device, it is allowing you to do a little bit more with it, and it's now mentioning this whole thing about having two people on it. A couple other things that it has, the handle now has a spring to kick it back into the locked position. It is still does not have anti-panic on it, so if you pull it all the way over, you're going to ride the lightning all the way into the dirt nap, but outside of that, it does spring the handle back, so at least when you're doing some work, you can let it go, it'll kick back over, not much of a chance of it getting hooked up on something also it is now going to be rated in europe at least as a belay device where the rope comes over that rounded edge if you just bring it straight out of the device there so think like the way you rig a sparrow without twisting the rope out in front just out the top there's a v groove in there and that v groove is allowing you to bring the uh, rope out of the device like that and now allows you to belay So it's almost truly an industrial gris -gris at this level. And they did say they may be looking at doing some of these additions to the ID in the future. Expected release date, June 2018. The ASAP and the ASAP lock will now be ANSI rated. That's right. If you were going to run out and buy one of these devices, you may want to hold off. Once again, mid-2018 for release, it will have a new lanyard with it, uh, the ASAP Absorber Access International. It is a different lanyard, and that is most likely what is giving it its ANSI certification in order to meet that test. But that device will be out. It will be for a two-person load, 250 kilograms, and that's what was required, obviously, to meet that ANSI rating. The grillion has been redone as has a lot of their parts and pieces. We're just covering the, the highlights here. The grillion has been completely made over. It is a bit larger. It looks more like a Gris Gris now. You can also now order the rope color you want in your grillion. Great idea. You know, your 5 meters maybe are red, your 3 meters maybe white, whatever you want to do there. It goes up to 20, uh, 20 meters and length still uses the 11 mil Petzl semi-static rope. And it, too, will be ANSI-rated. So now, for people like us in British Columbia that are allowed to use the ANSI rating, we can start using this stuff as true fall protection equipment, not just on the rescue end of things. Once again, Grillon due out mid-2018 in the North American market. Petzl also had the Maestro. We got to take a look at it. Its release date's been pulled, at least till 2019. So, it weighs about the same as an MPD, it has a Beckett, it has a handle that operates like an ID, I mean, and that's a bit of a bonus because now all your devices, same handle, same sort of muscle memory. It did pass the third-party testing, however, internally within Petzl, they had some concerns with the heat dissipation issues with heavy loads over long lowers, and so they voluntarily pulled it back themselves trying to work those little bugs out of it and it's at least now to 2019 before the maestro sees the light of day. Petzl has changed the t-block or the t-block slightly. It just looks like it's a you know a little bit beefed up from what it was before. They've also added a new rope access harness. The Astro Bod Fass. The Ventral D is a large true D on it now with a removable pin. The pin allows you to secure your proge- progress adjust lanyards directly to the pin so you don't need a beaner or another connection point in there like a malleon or something like that. And the podium, seat, the podium also attaches to the ends of those pins. So it allows you to have that directly kind of built in sort of to the harness. It will not be ANSI for at least a few years, only CE. So one of those things, if you're running it in North America, you have to be running it on rope access jobs, uh, unless your rescue standards are a bit more loosely written. But as far as like an ANSI or CSA rating, you're going to be waiting for a few years on it. Last but not least, at least for what we're looking at with Petzl, you can buy the old large crawl again the one that fits uh, a little bit better on your 12 and a half rope. If you're traditional fire using that, um, they did bring that back. And that's it for what we're looking at for Petzl. We also went over to the CMC Harkin booth. Now CMC Harkin has a new device coming out. It's being a controlled descent device. We signed an NDA, so we can't chat too much about it. All we can say is that the Ronan staff, uh, we've had three of us now kind of, play with the device and do some little bit of testing with it and while there is some tweaks that need to occur with it overall we're, uh, we're kind of pleased with the way they're going and hopefully fingers crossed we could grab one for Grimp Day in 2018 and uh, showcase them out there. We'll have to see how they do with their R&D section. We swung by Skylotech. For those of you who don't know Skylotech, uh, European manufacturer, They do a lot of similar stuff to what your DBI-SALA, which is now your 3M out here, do. And we're taking a look at one device in particular when we were in country there, and that's the Milan, and they have a few different versions of the Milan. For anybody that's not familiar with it, it's basically kind of like a Rogueless 550R. So the Rogueless Rescue one, the wheel on it, uh, same sort of idea. It is CSA approved. And the difference is this device can also dr- attach directly to the rescuer and patient, where 3M, that you now own DBI Sala has pulled that from the Rogueless. That's no longer something you're allowed to do with the 550. So there may be some potential in order to use the Milan a little bit more than you can use the Rogueless are for, at least in Tower Rescue back here. Skylotech also came out with this little, it's like a finger grip t-block kind of thing it's like a call it the ringo it's to grab rope with your gloved hand in order to get more grip on it. it's it got a little bit of teeth in it might be something that's interesting uh, when you got a haul team hauling on rope if anybody's using them out there I'd love to hear some feedback i'm still trying to pick a couple up just to take a look at them talking about rope we managed to hit a few rope companies up while we were over there uh, mainly cousin and Caron we got uh, a couple more 11 mils and a uh, 10.5 millimeter rope from both of those organizations we're also now looking at some 10.5s and i'll explain a little bit more about that in a second we visited the kuzon factory unbelievable i always love watching rope get made it's incredibly fun uh, these guys are making some incredible rope. They're making some lines right now out of aramids for anchoring ships. They're seven and a half kilometer long ropes. Wow, they're more than ropes. They look like anchors for Pete's sake that they're anchoring ships to seafloors with, like just incredible stuff. They gave us a small length of what they call their king rope. It's 10.8 millimeters, 82 kilonewton. Just incredible strength on this stuff. Um, they have a thermacore technology gave us a couple of 11 mils in that running at a 37.4 kilonewton on their thermacore technology even their 10 and a half on the kazan side were running 32.9 kilonewton ropes i mean those are some pretty decent numbers to be pushing on a 10.5 that is basically a full strength rope for us the Courant also provided a 10.5 and an 11. Once again, very similar numbers. I think the Courant was in around the 31 kilonewton on their 10.5. Um, and now this gives Ronan some Kuzon, some Courant, and some burger 10.5 rope to play with. Now you're wondering, okay, 10.5, why are we getting into this? You know, we've got a ton of 11 kicking around. What we're looking at is fire departments are slowly moving towards 11. Metro Vancouver, we're into our third or fourth department now that's gone to 11 mil rope. Our mates down in the States, AERT, they're teaching off 11. As Ronan, we're teaching off 11. And there is some news in the industry that by the summer, another rope manufacturer will come out with a G-rated 11 mil rope that will not include Arabin fibers in it. We've got our fingers crossed on that one, but that's the buzz on the street. We got the Sterling Tech 11, which is already a G-rated 11. This would be either a nylon nylon or a nylon poly, I'm not quite sure, but another 11 mil G-rated rope. This is gonna be some game changers, I think, in the fire department because they've got a better hand, they're a bit more supple, they run through more devices. These devices I just spoke about that we saw at A plus A, the improved rig, the Maestro, the one I can't talk about, those are all designed for 11 mil rope. You know, 12 and a half is an afterthought in Europe. And where a lot of this gear is coming out of is Europe. So it is just an afterthought. So as we move to 11 with that, and these eleven start getting stronger and stronger, the 10 and a halves are getting stronger as well. And we're well over, if you're still running static system safety factors, I mean, at 32.9 KN, we're well over a static system safety factor at 10 to 1, if that's what, still what you're using in order to ascertain what your strengths need to be. The thing with your 10 and a half, I threw a guy a bag of 10 and a half the other day, and we're talking a bag that was maybe a foot and a half long and maybe eight inches in diameter. It was smaller than my sleeping bag. And the guy looked at me and he's like, what's that? I said, that's 200 feet of rope. It's just amazing with the strengths and the size now, what we can get to. And, of course, manufacturers having a half millimeter and I, you know, of uh, leniency under the Cordage Institute when they make rope, most of these devices are designed to run 10 and a half anyway so we're just going to run more and more 10 and a half and see where we go with it we also swung by the dmm booth dmm's got some great new gear coming out um something that was a bit interesting is their new highline carriage it's designed for arborists i mean you could use it for anything but it's it's really designed for heavy heavy loads maybe some different type rescue stuff if you're running ships or you know running multiple people off shifts ships sorry it's very interesting it's got some really good benefits for quick rigging but it is heavy and it is expensive and i'm saying it's expensive coming from the fire department market so i'm sure you can understand it's expensive don't know what applications it'll have for rescue yet but once again it was very interesting we also uh, picked up over there a small rig plate and swivel combo uh, from dmm this rig plate is the smallest one I've seen on the market. It's running 36kn, and the swivel is not even as long as my pinky finger, and it's running 24kn. So some really small, lightweight gear that we're going to try out and see what we can deal with. Finally, they have a tool carrier, the Vault, that they've released, much like a rock transporter. Um, This way the machine doesn't rip his petso-plastic ones out the next time we do a tower rescue in Namur somebody will know what i'm talking about there the um, vault dmm is saying has a, a wider mouth to it if that makes sense and a wider base so that you can it's a bit deeper you can carry more gear in it we'll trial it and see what comes out at the end of the day arb we ran into a ton of different arborists in europe and we're starting to really see how arb is influencing rescue and we pulled a bunch of tricks. You know, I'm not going to lie and say, oh, yeah, they've got no benefit for rescue. No, there's a ton of benefit for rescue there. One of the things we did pick up with the arb, we did a day's training with our friends at Namur Fire, is uh, a climbing technique that came out of the arborist world. And they're calling it the 3A system, um, Don't know, I've heard it called a few other things now. Works better with Arb Boots, so Arborist Style Boots. We're using Arb Pro. Uh, The Arb Boots basically have a lanyard that's sewn through the boot, a little um, place you can clip into it, like a piece of webbing, on the the toe of the boot, uh, off the tongue. And you put a beaner in there, and this way you can attach this 3A method to your body. And basically the 3A method is you've got a foot ascender, on your right foot you've got a knee ascender on your left knee and they've got a strap or a sling that goes down to this part on your boot, and then there is a um either strap it to your knee or what we saw a lot of the guys at newmore fire doing was using a bungee to put it to their ventral d then you have your chest ascender and i'm telling you i'm sold on this way to climb if I'm 50 feet or less, I'm using a rope access style climbing, handle to center. Well, I use a basic, but, you know, you've got your hand to above there. You've got your chest ascender Up you go. This here, though, with this arb technique, 50 feet or above, this is the way I go now. Basically, you just take short steps, and up you go. You just fly up lines. Like, it's unbelievable. The only thing your hands are doing is just kind of keeping you balanced on the rope if your crawl's a bit low. So, once again, what we're seeing from the arb community definitely has some advantages in the rescue world the other thing that we found from the ARB community was some of these end loop cordages designed to be made for prusics when you get your val de or your vt or your val de tres whatever you want to call it prusic or your french prusic these are these you know different types of wraps your three on threes your four on fours your three over ones whatever and we found a lot of good use for those types of prusics now go right out and say we haven't done any testing yet. Man, they catch really nicely. They are easy to slip when caught as opposed to your traditional triple wrap prusik. Don't go changing them into your belay systems or anything yet we haven't done any testing on them we've just started playing with them in order to do some load transfers in order to use them as conditional belays and yeah we're going to start moving them through different parts of the system and see what they slip at see if they're comparable to your traditional triple wrap prusik maybe this is an eiders paper somewhere um we're also going to look at some of the crossover between arb and rescue we got uh one of our friends coming up in January to run a program on that just so that we could take a look and you know see where these crossovers exist and what we can steal from other places to make rescue a little more interesting how about a little bit more uh, applicable <laughs> we uh we're bringing richard delaney from rope lab up in february this is more for our guys although it is an open enrollment course there's i think 10 open enrollment seats on it that are out there it's on our website if you don't know richard delaney or haven't taken one of his courses you gotta listen to him speak it's an absolute treat uh the man does some testing and just some really leading edge stuff in the rescue community it's gonna be a four-day program run out of metro vancouver We swung by cask. We uh, use cask helmets. I mean, I like my Team Wendy, but when I've got to wear something with a CSA standard on it, I throw my cask on. They've come out with their Zenith helmet. Uh, The benefit of the Zenith helmet is it has a modular system for accessories. So the accessories all kind of like clip and lock, kind of like Lego almost. Uh, We're going to get a couple trials sent up to look at, so a little bit more to follow on that. I can't speak right now on its comfort compared to the Super Plasma, which is what we primarily run, or the uh, Super Plasma Work. But we'll take a look at this and we'll let you know. Uh, Having these modular systems allows you to put in different visors, allows you to put in chainsaw um, masks over the front of it, which right now we still got some Petzl helmets kicking around because we can't get them. Compatible with the Plask, the cask superplasmas we're currently using. Swung over to Courant, like we said, checked out some of their ropes. We also checked out their new XL rigging bag. We are right now using the regular or the old school Courant rigging bag. This is like that, except larger. That's the one thing we've been kind of missing in our current bag but this xl rigging bag will easily hold all of our rigging gear if you go back to one of our original podcasts what we carry and the 300 foot rope has a hard pocket on it that would be great for like a gas monitor it still has the backpack style to it with the waist belt we're gonna pick up a few of these trial them out in our systems and see how they work so expect to see a couple of those coming forward For our guys that are listening to this, this also brings up, we're going to start labeling our rope in meters, not feet. We see some of our new ropes coming out. You will see them in meters. We're going to metric, or going to metric. We are metric. I mean, heck, we're Canada, but everything's running kilonewtons. Everything's running meters. We need to start moving along those lines. And as you see that, you're going to start seeing that come out. The other thing we're adding into the bags is there will be a backup device with lanyard and carabiners in all the bags. They will be CSA or ANSI approved in our case. So think Goblins, DMM Buddies, uh, Kong Backups, things like that right now. There will be ASAPs in some. Um, so those will be available on sites if required. And we'll also have two non lockers in the bags for friction beaners to use with your IDs for heavy loads, things like that. So. Those will be in the bags going forward. We swung by Kong. Like I said, everybody's at this thing. Kong's got their new Everest Carbon Kong Stretcher, and it is very cool. We saw it at Grimp previously, and we're looking at options of getting one over. I've got uh, the boys from TNT Rescue. Shout out to them looking to bring one in for me. They're uh, getting a quote on it. It doesn't have a lot of patient packaging, but for a fold-up, lightweight, lightweight, just be able to move through the bush style stretcher i think it might have some advantages so like i say it folds in half it has this carbon fiber kind of bottom to it super lightweight it is man or person packable so you know you got this lightweight fold in half packable stretcher that doesn't have the patient protection it may be an unavoidable trade-off but we're going to definitely take a look at it a couple of miscellaneous things we picked up over there the Taz Love 2. So, this device, if you haven't seen it, is a controlled descent device, but it's also rated as a safety device. Not at the same time, but it'll work on tight ropes. I mean, it's that it's is what its claim to fame is so what we've been playing with it is this 3a arb climbing technique instead of using a crawl on top we've been running a tas love 2 on top because it slides up it keeps us now all we got to do is pop off our foot and our knee ascender and we can go straight into a controlled descent as well you start thinking if you're teaching classes where maybe you've got students that aren't 100%, you're worried or something, you have them running something like that instead of a crawl, they're automatically working from descent, which allows you to lower them out of the system in a rescue scenario if you know that sort of situation is called for. So yeah, it will run a tight line. It's an interesting device. Be kicking around our shop for guys to take a look at. We also borrowed a door anchor. Uh, it's a military police style door anchor. Basically, think of a large alligator clip that clips to the door, the back side, so you close the door on it. It leaves a little gap in the door with this and holds it against the frame. You run your rope through it and then a wrap off of the thing. So fire departments for, you know, um, escape, your kind of NFPA-E type system where you're doing a bailout kind of drill, police for tactical, military for tactical, obviously. We're playing with it more and more. One thing we're finding is the doors in North America are slightly thicker than the doors in Europe. Who would have known? Well, you do when you start playing with alligator clips that are designed for certain size doors. But it is something that we're looking at more and more to see what kind of... uh, Way forward, we can do with it. We went over to camp, took a look at a couple of their new devices. Uh, We saw the giant, I believe it is. It's their new controlled descent device. We have one getting shipped up to take a look at. Overall, the guys liked rigging with it, like bringing the rope through it, caught really nice. The one thing they're coming back with is they say the handle isn't intuitive. I guess they're used to running like an ID handle or something like that. This is a bit different. Don't know if that's just a getting used to or whatnot the one thing i did pick up from camp is their druid pro i'm kind of sold on this it can do it can hold a 200 kilogram for emergency use for a two-person rescue which okay this is great because this thing's like the size of a grigri um it's got a nifty little belay feature it's a belay device that's what it was initially i think brought out for and it allows you to belay a lead climber and whatnot but it also allows you i used it in um uh highline system when i was teaching in ontario a few weeks ago as the controlled descent device on one side uh, i've used it to rad on i've used it to do some pickoffs with it's kind of my little go-to on my harness now when i teach where if i'm gonna go get a student out of a system this is what i'm using so a little bit more to follow on that as well so that's pretty much the gear that we saw while we were over there um, like i say once again if you ever get the chance to go to a plus a do it i mean it's an unbelievable show and there's just some unbelievable stuff that comes out some great people all that sort of stuff it's uh it's really quite phenomenal phenomenal and the fact that it's in europe doesn't hurt at all either so now for our boys we're just going to have a last little bit of a chat here about some principles when we're looking at rope systems and when we're looking at teaching rope systems A few things we want to chat with right away are redundancy. And what we're talking about now is we're not saying you have to have redundancy, but what we're saying is this is the gold standard, a two-line system that's whistle-stop and auto-locking. So if it's not that, why? And we're not saying it has to be that. You're going to go teach a military team or you are a military team, and you go, look, we're using a single-rope system for X reason." Or we're not using auto-lock devices because speed is of the essence. It's, qu- it's less hazardous if we're not on the X as long, right? So there is definitely justification for not using this. But for our staff, what we're looking at now is you need to go through a conscious checklist, like a hazard assessment type checklist to go, is it a two-line system? Yes or no? No. Why? Justified? Yes or No. Is it a whistle-stop system? And if one side's whistle-stopped and the other side isn't, that's not the gold standard, but it's definitely move it forward with that. That's not a problem. But start with the gold standard and work down from there and justify the drops. As well, is the system force-limiting or have a static system safety factor in it to the authority-having jurisdiction, whether that be 10 to 1, 8 to 1. Like I said in the past, we've dropped to 7 to 1 on a high line that we had to do. So, does that exist? And once again, verification and justification, if not. So, you go through your entire critical analysis of your system and you make sure that exists. Horizontal basket. That's what we're saying is the gold standard. And I get it a bunch of people out there going, well, you can't take it out of a confined space. Agreed. But what we're saying is horizontal basket. You know, head slightly elevated, you know, patient nicely packaged in, vacuum splint, that kind of stuff. That's the gold standard. Like, that's where you'd want your mom to be if your mom fell off of something you had to rescue her, as long as you like your mom. What we're talking about now is, okay, we go to a confined space. Can we use a basket? No, it's too small. Okay, we're down to maybe a skid. Can we go horizontally? No, not going to work. Got to go vertically. But at each break in here now you need to be able to sit down and justify your decision as our staff. We haul the guy out of the space. We maybe take him out of a tower crane. He's fallen inside of the mast or he's in the cab. We get him up top. Now, do the injuries allow us to move him to the horizontal basket at this point or is time of the essence and we need to kick him over, You know, kick the sked vertically or horizontally at this time and put him over with that? We're not saying that's wrong. Once again, what we're saying is, That's the gold standard, the horizontal basket with your vacuum splint. If you're going to do less than that, take that second, justify why you're doing it. If it makes sense, move forward. So really, that's what we want our staff to start thinking about. Uh, we also want our staff to start thinking about jolt force. And we'll talk about that a little bit later, and about friction limiting and what kind of you know minimum braking strengths we should have with both jolt force and dedicated de- main dedicated safety systems that are friction limiting. So those types of things are also going to be in the back of your mind. We'll chat about those at a later date because I'm already running into about 30 minutes so that's it if you got any questions drop us a line uh, a lot of that kit like i said we brought it back we started testing it we ran our ten fives out on a couple courses it's been out for about a month with us at this point and we're getting some feedback from our guys on it and we'll start sharing that as we get more and more and if you got any questions on it drop me a dime thanks for joining us